And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Two thousand twenty-two was a busy year in the world of North American soccer. So to end it, we are doing our thing where we ask each of our seven full-time staff writers about their favorite story they covered this year. Today. Pablo Mauer discusses the weird and wild origin story of the faux denim kits that the U.S. men wore at the 1994 World Cup. I'm Alex Abnos, and this is Soccer Every Day. All right, I have Pablo Mauer here with me, and Pablo, I should say at the very top that I'm pretty sure your actual favorite piece that you did this year was the epic story about Wee Willie McQueen, which you did alongside Matt Pence. However, we did a whole episode on that already, so we will resurface that on this feed elsewhere at some point before the new year. But let's talk about another story, um, something a little bit less serious, I guess, I don't know, but still in- incredibly interesting. The faux denim kit that the U.S. wore at the 1994 World Cup, the headline has it as the, quote, beloved abomination that defined <laughs> that World Cup. Pablo, I guess the easiest question here is, why? Why? What was so entrancing about the denim kit that where you felt you just kind of had to do a story about it? I mean, I think it's like, uh, you'd almost say like one of the only iconic pieces of design in the history of U.S. soccer. I mean, there's, I mean, it is, you know, there are other things like, uh, like the sash, for example, that, that might sort of thrust away into that conversation. But, um, you know, when you talk about some of the other memorable jerseys, the Bomb Pop, the Waldos, et cetera, um, none of them really hold a candle to the denim kit, you know, for better or worse. I mean, a lot of people would say it's because it's terrible and other people would say it's because it's, uh, you know, wonderful. And probably both those groups of people would admit that it's memorable, you know. So and to me, it's just sort of like the iconic jersey of, you know, worn by either the men or the women, you know. Um yeah. So yeah, obviously I think it was worth kind of peeling back the layers on. Um you say it's iconic. Do you think it's good or bad? Do you have an opinion in the, in that uh in I think it's good. I mean, I I my design sensibilities are probably different than some other people's. Um you know, I what I would say is like if something is uh if something is note like if you're noticing something, there's only so bad it can be. Um <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Especially sort of in the in the land of, you know, white t-shirts and black shorts or whatever. Um, you know, I like it. I will say, you know, it took me like months to report the feature and I, I did find myself going back and forth about it. Like I um much in the same way we do with, you know, maybe like a person who you can't figure out whether you're attracted to or not. I <laughs> sometimes would look at the denim kit and just all of a sudden be like, Jesus, that thing is ugly, you know? <laughs> and then by the next morning, I was like, no, 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 I like it again, you know? So maybe, maybe in the right light, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I went back and forth on it, but I, but I love it for sure. Um, you mentioned that you did months of reporting on it. And that was actually was that what I was going to 
get to next. You know, we do a lot of stories about <clears throat> about kits. I mean, you know, kit stories and kit culture, whatever, like people's opinions about what players are wearing on the field. That's like a huge, huge part of of what it is to be a soccer fan for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was it about this this particular kit that you felt merited like that much reporting? And what was the most memorable moment of, of all that? Because like you really go deep into it. Like you talk to all sorts of people that were involved in making it. Players like what they thought when they were uh, uh, first, uh, I guess when it f- was first revealed to them. Uh, we now have like a ton of, of years of context since it was released that you kind of dive into and sort of how it represented like what kind of soccer nation, I guess, the U.S. was at the time. Mm-hmm. As you were talking to all these different people from all these different eras, what was the most memorable moment uh, of reporting? Yeah, I mean, to answer the first question, I think the, um, you know, a story like this that where you're writing about something that happened decades ago is only worth doing if you're going to. Uh, I guess, differentiate it from some of the other stuff that's come out. And um, Alan Siegel did a great piece in Slate, you know, years ago in 2014. That was pretty thorough. But, you know, I read it and thought there's still a lot left to be unpacked here. Um, uh, and then, I mean, much to probably you and Brooks's frustration at times, I uh, went out and did, I want to say it ended at, I actually did two of them last week, even after the the piece came out because people still respond to interview requests sometimes weeks later 45 interviews for it um and ironically i mean to answer your question the second question i think my favorite moment for some reason was you know i get really into the the kind of geeky nuts and bolts of it so the last two or three interviews i did i think were the best one of them was with uh i want to say his name was gary peck he was the production manager for adidas who handled the actual manufacturing of the kit so to me to find out where they got the fabric from, where where these things were actually made, you know, it turned out they were made by this tiny little apparel company, Four Seasons Apparel and and the Carolinas. And, and you know, I like went on Google Street View and it's just like a like a tiny warehouse on the side of a country road. That's the sort of context that to me makes makes a story really interesting. I mean, now this thing is like uh, has always been perceived as all American. And I, I would have had no idea that it was conceived, designed, manufactured in the U.S. with, uh, I, I'll just say chemicals, because part of it's polyester, <laughs> chemicals from South Carolina, uh, fabric from North Carolina, uh, transfer paper from North Carolina in like a hole in the wall in North Carolina. So um, those kind of things I geek out on. And then it's just, you know, it's fun to look, man, I grew up with the 94 guys and to me, it's just always fun to hear those dudes uh, reminisce. Um, yeah. So certainly it was fun to talk to a lot of those guys and sort of get their remembrances on it. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit DirecTV.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. This is this might be a little bit of a tougher one to answer, but I think it's you know I've been asking everyone that's been doing these episodes, um, what elements of the story do you think are going to be relevant or worth looking back on in the next year? You know, it kind of feels like the kind of thing that might you might think back on every time there's a new kit reveal and people talk very glowingly about like a certain color of piping <laughs> on a jersey as if it's like incredibly meaningful. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And are you going to think of this story in that context? Yeah, I mean, I probably think of this story and shamelessly reheat it every time there's um, <laughs> some bland Nike kit drop. You know, um, we have we have at least four more years to yeah to do that. And to me, it was you know again just to to read Peter Moore's words or to hear everybody else involved in the process talk about designing that thing in a matter of weeks in a very analog way using a Xerox machine and hand illustrated stuff. I mean, uh, you know, there's probably a certain element of me that romanticizes that maybe more than it actually deserves to be, but it's just such a far cry from where we're at now with, you know, thought clouds and logo explainers and two year long design processes and mood boards um that i can't help i probably will not be able to help but think of it um every single time you know mls drops 10 white t-shirts or the u.s national team comes out with some kid and i am very curious in 2026 whether nike will at least like allude to the denim kit in some way i I don't know that they're they'd be allowed to create some (laughs) very direct uh copy of it but um I'd, i'd be interested to see if that happens at the very least it'll be interesting to see what direction they go in for a U.S. national team jersey at a home World Cup if they'll be even remotely as adventurous as Adidas was with those 94 kits. Yeah. Uh, Pablo, thank you so much for doing that story. Thanks for all your work in 2022. And I look forward to reading so much more in 23. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the show today and all year long. We'll be back in 2023 with new episodes. Until then, happy soccer to all of you. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.